world full of Uniteds. It is a magic moment from Hyun-Min Cities. Through to Lucas Moura! And Rovers. Harry Kane! Oh, what a goal! There is only one Hotspur. Glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur! Hello and welcome back to another episode of the One Hotspur Podcast. I'm Toby from Underscore Spurs Center, and today I'm joined by Max from the Hotspur News and Bodhi from Hotspur.Industry. How are you guys doing? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, today, I'm recording straight after the result against <clears throat> against uh, Aston Villa, our 2-0 win. But unfortunately, we do have to start things off with reviewing our 3-0 loss to Dynamo Zagreb in the midweek fixture. So just a real lock, lack of um, just drive and general ambition from the side in that game. Uh, Max, we'll start with you. Uh, just general thoughts. Um, I'll tell you what, and this may shock you, but that was probably the worst performance I've ever seen from a Tottenham side. I mean, I mean, bottling's like always been in our DNA. But mm-hmm. the fact that we've, the thing is like we were two new up from the first leg, all we had to do is go there and score one goal and the tie is done, isn't it? Because then they have to score four goals because obviously we get the clean shoot in the first leg. But it's the most typical Spurs thing, isn't it? To lose 3-0 in the Mm -hmm. second leg to the the lowest ranked team remaining in the competition. Now, I'm telling you, it was the worst performance I've ever seen from a Tottenham side. And that's saying something because I've seen some shocking ones over the years. For example, one, there was a Brighton earlier on the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dorfman derby last week, but this was just something else. Like you said, like there was no passion whatsoever from the mm-hmm. players. It was just so like sad to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really just start just uh, disheartening. Um, and yeah, I mean, just going off what you were saying, like just no drive, no, uh, no one was p- playing for the badge. Um, mm. and so a lot of uh, heat came down on Mourinho. So on our Instagram at one hotspur pod if you don't follow it already um we asked people to comment their thoughts on Mourinho and um more than a few commented Mourinho out or Mourinho go um from Sean and Claire 55 uh p.u.l.i underscore 20 and David ko 0826 all commented basically the same thing and uh Jack underscore f-r-s-e-r uh commented the same thing with uh less PG words, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't lose 3-0 to Dynamo's agreement and not expect people to come after your job. Um, but what were your thoughts after the game on Mourinho? I'll tell you what, like, I went in hard on Mourinho because obviously mm-hmm. like, there's no excuses for losing yeah. 3-0 to Dynamo's Zagreb. But then, but, the, uh, but then the following morning, um, I had to look at it again, and mm-hmm. that that result was fully based off the players because I'm looking at this, the same thing for the Derby last weekend. I'm looking mm-hmm. at Mourinho and, and uh, Sacramento on the touchline and they're yeah. both literally screaming at the players to press them, push forward. Mm-hmm. And none of the players are doing what they're saying. So it, so it kind of shows that, so it kind of shows that Mourinho wants them to play attacking football, get that goal, get the job done, bring in the likes of Dane Scarlett, et cetera, give them some game time. But instead, the players want to just jockey, jockey, jockey. They don't want to press the ball whatsoever. And yeah, um, yeah um, I can't lie. After the game, especially like um, I went in hard on Jose Mourinho purely because the players weren't playing for him. 
Um, mm-hmm. I don't think his tactics were anything to do with the game because we actually attacked during the game, but we were so slow going forward. But then, but then the following morning, I had a look at it, and it's it's hundred percent the players. Like apart from yeah. maybe Harry Kane and Larice, literally. Mm-hmm. Not, okay, maybe Sanchez as well, because especially in the first half, he was immense. But mm-hmm. I, like, I didn't see one Spurs player who looked to like I'd say threaten Zagreb because for me, like uh, Europa League was the biggest chance we had to qualify for the Champions League next season, and it's just so embarrassing that no player wants to like fight for that mm-hmm. yeah i completely agree um going back to the comments um sorry it, it lagged for a second but um one says mr levy sack jose fresh start next season young hungry manager with a clue with how to play football um mm. and i think yeah, I mean, basically the same thing um and then uh, maxime piazzi uh, agreed with you, Max, and he said, yes, Jose is partly to blame, but you have to look at the players on the pitch. No desire, no passion. They aren't playing uh, for Jose at the moment. And I mean, it's scarily reminiscent of how the team played uh, under Poch in his final weeks and final games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's, you just can't expect uh, to move forward as a club, sacking managers, but keeping the same players who obviously don't don't care. They don't have the same amount of drive. They don't they don't play for the badge. I think that's ultimately what it comes down to, um, especially in the mm-hmm. game against Dynamo's Agreed. Um, if we had mm-hmm. two or three players who, for the, the whole 120 minutes, just played for the badge, you have to think that we would have gone through. I mean, it was a yeah. much more talented squad that Mourinho played um, than the team that we faced. Mm-hmm. Um, See, that just shows that it wasn't like, it just shows it wasn't fully Pochettino's fault that got him sat because, mm-hmm. because you notice it's the same players who underperformed for Poch. These are the same players who are now underperforming for Mourinho, the likes of Eric Dyer. He underperformed mm-hmm. for Poch and he's doing the same under Mourinho. So it shows that, like, it shows that no matter, like, what happens with Mourinho, like, if he gets sacked, like, even if we bring Nagelsmann now, things will never change until we get this deadwood out of the club. I'm telling mm-hmm. you now. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I think this summer, Daniel Levy has a huge job on his hands. Uh, to clear mm. out the deadwood of the squad and then bring in some people to, that are young and hungry and uh, ready to really challenge for things. Um, and I mean, maybe someone called a step backwards um, to sign players that are younger, maybe don't have as much experience. But I think at this point, we really need to be building something. Um, and yeah. if that's under Mourinho, I'm okay with it. If it's under a new manager, um, I think there's a lot of pressure on Mourinho to finish the season well. Um, but after today's result against Aston Villa, 2-0 win, we're only three points off of the top four. Um, and yeah. we we don't have a, a very difficult run-in. I mean, our our hardest remaining game is against Man United. And then other than that, Aston Villa or Everton would be our hardest player, our, our hardest matches. And we just beat Aston Villa today. So um, yeah. we definitely have more than <clears throat> more than a chance of qualifying for the Champions League. Um, and it's got to come down to whether or not the players that Mourinho ends up picking have the passion and have yeah. the desire. Um, yeah, you are right. Yeah, you are right with the fact that we are in contention. Of course we are. Obviously, we're one behind West Ham now. We're three mm-hmm. behind Chelsea. And we've all played the same games, etc. Yeah. But at the same time, if you look at the teams around us, at the moment, Chelsea look like, Chelsea look like they're not going to slip whatsoever. So, mm-hmm. at the same time, like, we've got to win our games. Like, all we can do is focus on ourselves. But at the same time, we just, at the same time, we just got to hope that 
teams around us, like your Leicesters, like your Chelsea's, like your uh, uh, like your Aston Villas, like just drop points, and therefore that can get right. you in those top four places. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's going to come down. Uh, like I was saying, it's going to come down to the players that were uh, um, playing, and whether or not they're going to they're going to fight for the badge. Um, hmm. And we are just getting joined by Charlie from CB Design uh, to help us review, uh, late as always. Um, and yeah, continuing with, uh, with the review, um, going back to the comments again, uh, just so everyone feels that they've been uh, recognized. Uh, Yozinho27, um, uh, Jose needs to get the boot blood. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of comments in here. Uh, Spurs underscore information is basically saying the same thing. Uh, Max Wilson, 640, uh, worst performance that I've ever seen. And, uh, and then from Tay with three, four Ys, uh, underscore J11, people are complaining about that lineup. Um, and that sort of lineup of professional players should beat a team like Dynamo. Uh, it was disgraceful. And then uh, from Furin, a terrible, terrible, terrible shite. So, yeah, I mean, mm. it's embarrassing. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much else we can say about that, but embarrassing. And we needed the players to show a response, and I think that's a good transition into the game today. Uh, rotated lineup from Mourinho, seeing some players we haven't seen in a while, and they got the result. Uh, were you happy yeah. with the team that played today, Max? Yeah, I think um, I think Mourinho particularly based this lineup off players who fight for the badge, mm-hmm. uh, because because uh, going back to what I was saying about the players not even like giving a shit against Zagreb. I think Mourinho's taken note of that and put mm-hmm. in players such as Roden, Tanganga, Lucas Moura, who always give 100%. Well, I, like, I, I mean, like, I, know uh, I, mean I agree with you, but mm-hmm. I agree with you, but like you put players like who were really bad against Dynamo, like Ndombele, and I mean, most well, partly you're right, but I mean, I think he just went out on a limb and put in like young, fresh players. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. who are going to Yeah, true, fight. like... Yeah, true. Like, I mean, you're not wrong, but at the same time, I guess we did have to have still like a bit of quality in there, such as yeah. in Dombele, Harry Kane, etc. Like, although they were poor, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, like fresh new players. I thought Tanganga was absolutely exceptional. Was I mean, people gonna, I mean, people gonna go on about um, Lucas Moore and Sanchez as their man of the matches, and mm-hmm. and the fact that Hoiberg was brilliant and Dombele does what he does, but I think Tanganga was a performance that is not going to be looked at. Like, I thought I thought he was absolutely astonishing today. I think Sanchez had Watkins in his pocket the whole game. I don't think mm-hmm. Watkins got a sniff. It's a go out to Tanganga. Um, do you remember that block he made from Ross Barkley? I was in, like, the 80th it. minute? Yeah. That, that shot was going right in the corner as well. Like, that, mm-hmm. that, was, a, that was a very vital block. I thought he had a brilliant game today, Tanganga. Mm-hmm. I think that's something about Tanganga. Uh, I think that's a really, like, big part of his game is he is constantly laying his body on the line um, mm. per block, uh, blocking shots. And I think a majority of the games, he comes up with two or three just huge, huge blocks for us. Um, but yeah, buddy, mm. what were you going to say? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I agree with you. Tangango was fantastic, um, mm-hmm. to put it simply. But there was a few times I saw him getting caught out. Um, it was like, I feel like he played extremely well after the first goal. Before the first goal, like the rest of the team, you know, we were shaky, all the rest of that. And there was a few times where the nerves were all over the place. And he got caught out a couple of times. So I feel like it's about him 
um, gaining, um, if he's getting started more often, which I believe he should after that game, mm-hmm. um, if he's getting started more often, he'll start to, you know, get a bit of confidence in himself and, you know, he'll be able to set that, settle down into a, into a game quicker. And, you know, he could be a very, I could see a lot of potential in the right back spot for him. Um, he's a great player. Um, yeah, he definitely played well. He got caught out a few times. But I feel like if he can take, if he can take that out of his game and just play the way he did in the second half for every single game he plays, he could be one of the best right backs in the league, mm-hmm. potentially. And I think uh, one of the other things about uh, Tanganga is he's homegrown and uh, he's English. So I think that's like a big part of, um, of like the mm-hmm. like foreign foreign players that we have a lot of issues with. It. Uh, Doherty and uh, Ori, if I'm not mistaken, they're both they both count as foreign players. I know Doherty got uh, his training with Wolves as a youngster, but I don't know if he counts as uh, a foreign player. But uh, either way, I mean, it's mm-hmm. important to have players like that in the squad. <clears throat> and uh, he's just he's a really good player. I mean, he plays for the badge. He knows what it's like. He was, I think mm-hmm. he he grew up in North London, so he definitely has that experience. Um, and like we were saying earlier, I mean, he plays for the badge, and that's what really is setting him aside from our other players right now. Mm. Yeah, I think, um, um, yeah, so going back to what you were saying, Toby, about mm-hmm. Tanganga as a defender who puts his body on the line, mm-hmm. that is actually very true because it's similar to what Sanchez does. And I think we need more of that. Like, we need more of those players who literally put their body on the line to prevent the other team scoring because you're seeing with players like Dyer who just stand still or don't really, like, put his body on the line. And it mm-hmm. therefore results in the opposition like scoring a goal. Yeah. Like we need more of these defenders, such as um, Tanganga and um, uh, Sanchez, who, who for me, like mm-hmm. gets their timing right, is physical, very aggressive um, with defending. Like obviously, I don't mean aggressive as like get a yellow card or give away a penalty. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about aggressive with like their heading, like yeah. their distribution, everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we need more. I think. Uh, Hoybier is a good example of being aggressive but being smart. Yeah, uh, and I think uh, I one of like... Sanchez. Sorry, right, go ahead, Bodhi. Go ahead. Well, right. Well, what I well, I feel like the big thing about Hoybier today, which made him stand out to a lot of players, is that um, usually he's very he's very tame and passive. But I feel like this game, he must have something with Roden Tangang. He must trust them a lot because it seems mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. When when a, a holding midfielder trusts their centre backs, he he know he can be more aggressive with the ta- with the tackle with the challenge. Mm-hmm. And when he's more aggressive, even if he loses it, he knows he's got reliable centre backs behind him to be able to clear the ball. And obviously, mm-hmm. like like I said, nerves were shaking the first half, and I believe Hoybier was the same as well. But after the mm-hmm. first goal and everything started to sell down, I feel like he started to gain a bit of confidence in the back line. So he felt confident to to play the way he wanted to play, and uh, and then. You know, he making he was making, you know, fantastic challenges, winning the ball up, pressing high. You know, he was playing extremely well. He wasn't playing passive and tame like recent performances. Yeah. He played with purpose and he played like he wanted to win the ball with every single challenge he done. And I think mm-hmm. that's the that he he's the same. It's the same with him every single game. He's the most he's one of our most consistent players on the pitch week in, week out. It's the it's mm-hmm. the sense of if he trusts the center backs or not, I believe Based on that game, I feel like that's a defensive lineup we should look into a lot more to, you know, play yeah. games because, you know, if you have Indomit, if you have Boybia playing the way he's playing, you know, getting aggressive in the chat challenge and trusting the defense behind him, mm-hmm. he's going to feel a lot more confident on the ball and off the ball 
you know, to make that challenge, like I was saying before. So mm. it's a sense that if Hoybier is a is a great is one of our is one of the best holding midfielders in the Prem, it's just a sense that mm-hmm. if he has the confidence in the centre backs to make the challenge, then he will make that challenge. And I think after what I've seen with that defensive performance, I feel like from what I'm getting, I'm getting the impression that Hoybier is starting to trust the, the defence a lot more um from that game. So if he just keeps on doing what he done and we keep mm-hmm. rolling with that defense, I can't be complaining. I mean 2-0 against Villa. I mean Villa's a tough team. Like Villa's no mm-hmm. not an easy team by any means. No. Um I mean uh, before so today's game, out, I think it was I you, Bodie, who was talking about it in our in our group chat, but before today's game they had the best or the second best defense in the league. And uh now we have the second best defense in the league tied with them. But I mean we carved them open. I mean uh Vinicius, I think, was the one who originally was uh, pressing on that long ball, and then it was a poor clearance, which Lucas Moura pressed onto, and then played a one-two with Kane, and then laid it across the base of the goal from Vinicius to just tap home. And it was, I mean, I think today might have been the best game um, that Spurs have played this season, uh, or maybe not the best game, but like the final, especially the final 20 minutes, maybe, it was every single ball Spurs were on top. Um, we were winning every second ball, knocking the ball around. Come on. I mean, that's a bit of an over-exaggeration. Best okay, game no. of the season. The, that is the, definitely okay, that's why I said not the whole game. game. Not the whole game. I think um, um, I think, um, I think it was one of our best games this season. But, like, it wasn't our mm-hmm. best. But I think it was yeah. one of our better games. I think Villa, I think Villa didn't create any clear-cut chances apart from the Barkley mm-hmm. chance, which Tanganga yeah. made the block. I mean, first half, they had this like 15-minute spell before Vinicius scored, but they didn't do much of it. All they did was just, was similar to the Arsenal 2-0, in it? It's just like crossing into mm-hmm. the box and we head out. It's, it's basically yeah. like going back to the time we were top of the league. Like, people, like teams just cross it and we head it out. And I think Villa, I'm, well, I mean, Villa like, looked like they were going to threaten, but I think their decision-making in the final third was very poor. Like, I know we defended well. But at the same time, I think they're passing and and like moments they could have had a shot. Yeah. They passed it instead. Mm-hmm. So I think Villa, I think Villa's decision making was poor as well as our defending was good. Yeah. I think um also what I wanted to mention. Go for it. Uh, can I just say something? Uh so I remember Bodie and actually I think me as well said that Ndombele is one of the overrated, but like he's really overrated. <laughs> I think he's proven us wrong today. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And also, I wanted to point. So I haven't really talked much. So I just have a few points. If I've missed um, a mm-hmm. few um, times to say something. So basically, yeah, Tanganga really impressed me. The way he moved forward with the ball and the pace he can uh, move with the ball is very impressive. And also, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to say, Hoybjerg was for me pretty average or maybe even disappointing until the last 30 minutes and then yeah. he started winning the ball passing great but mm-hmm. I must admit recently has been a bit sloppy with his passing and stuff yeah but yeah, if he plays like he did in the last 30 minutes then he can be really good mm-hmm. and also what I wanted to point out I was thought um, as you saw in the group chat before the podcast I was talking with some very negative Spurs fans and like I understand that people don't believe that we'll get top four. And I probably won't get top four. But three points is really not that much. And also, mm-hmm. but you, you you pointed out that 15 minutes in the first half before the Vinicius goal where we didn't really create much. And a lot of people said that we got dominated on during those mm-hmm. 15 minutes. Yeah. I wouldn't call... How can you be dominated on if they can't have a shot until the 58th mm-hmm. minute? 
Yeah, there wasn't a single shot uh, from Villa in the first half. I mean, that's very impressive defending. I mean, to not even allow um, them to have a shot, like, let alone a shot on target, that's very, very impressive defending, in my opinion. And can we just uh, take in that, I mean, uh, discluding, obviously, Lloris, the average age of today's defence is like 22.5 or 23 or something. Mm-hmm. That is impressive, isn't it? Yeah, you know, um, Roden was probably, I mean, Tanganga was probably the most impressive, but at, definitely Roden was really impressive, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Hopefully... Regulon isn't badly injured because that didn't look very good. Hopefully, I think like I think um, he's got like a. Uh, I think he uh, just hit his it was ankle a, a bit. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully it isn't ankle. swollen. Hopefully mm-hmm. it isn't swollen. Um, I mean, Davis wasn't even that bad when he came on though. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we want to see too much of Mister Average for the rest of the season, do we? Yeah, uh, Bodie, what were you gonna say? Bodie. All right. Well, apologies, apologies. Sorry, sorry, sorry. What I what I was gonna say. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say. Now, nah, but I was just I was just saying I was just thinking of something there. Um, yeah, I forgot. We'll back to sorry. You. Welcome back to you. Uh, going back to the the top four hunt though. Um, I do tend to get carried away with myself when it comes to how high up Spurs can finish in the league, but. We have, I think we were talking about this a little earlier on the podcast. We have Man United left to play it. And that's the only traditional big six team we have left. And then our next hardest games are probably Everton and Aston Villa, who Aston Villa we beat today. And Everton have gotten the better of us on two occasions this season. But we can still definitely take points off of them. And then uh, Chelsea has... I am actually has, pretty confident ahead of it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Chelsea has yeah, West going. Ham, Man City, Arsenal, Leicester, and Aston Villa to play before the end of the season. And West Ham has Chelsea, Leicester, Everton left to play um, until the end of the season. So there's definitely opportunities uh, for us. As long as we win the games we're supposed to, we could definitely hit top four. And then at that point, I don't think Mourinho should be sacked. But that's a matter for another debate. <laughs> Yeah, I never thought Mourinho should have been I don't sacked. really know. I'm not sure about Mourinho out or in anymore because it's mm-hmm. just, it's really hard question if you ask me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want him out or, and I don't want him in. I don't know how to explain. Yeah. Basically, days prove that there are some players that are actually willing to play for him. Mm-hmm. So, if he, if he can keep playing these players and if, they, if we can keep winning... And somehow get top four. Do mm-hmm. we want him out? I mean, I don't know. I mean, if yeah. we get top four, that is what he. If we okay, if we get top four, and uh, win the EFL Cup, which is unlikely. How about but, cup? Yeah, if we if we win the cup and we get in no, top four, that we, is exactly what Mourinho was brought in to achieve. That is exactly what we brought him in for. And then how do you sack someone for achieving what we like expected from him? If if we win top four and win the Carabao Cup season than any of Poch's seasons. Mm-hmm. Obviously, statistically and games-wise, it's not. But if you look at the achievements... Yeah, we definitely we accomplished. I've actually... A lot has changed in this performance. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. The last podcast, we were all... 
but both of us will Jose out. And it, it's Even just though... one game. I know this Aston Villa game is one game, and knowing Spurs will probably lose really badly to Man U or something. But let's just hope, you know, because. Those players really did look solid today. One of the most consistent. Yeah, you know, one of our best performances. If we can go, go with that confidence yeah. into the Newcastle game and like thrash Newcastle, you know, free mm-hmm. against Man U, I can definitely see top four being likely, you know. Uh, and sorry, well, we'll get to you in one second, Bodie. I just wanted to make the comment on Newcastle. They are not on a very good run of form. The last game they won was uh, at the beginning of February, and since then they've lost three and drawn three. So, dare I say, we should win that game. <laughs> um, but yeah, buddy, what were you gonna say? Oh boy. No. Um. <laughs> no. What else? No. What I'm saying is, I'm. I, I, I never. It was never in doubt for me. I'm always Jose in. Uh-huh. No, um, no, I was never in doubt. Even after that, even after that game, I just thought, how can you be so retarded to blame Jose? Like the only thing I would okay. blame Jose is the team selection. I was, it's like yeah, okay, yeah. Well, I mean that is Jose's fault for the team selection. Yeah, but how can you? But I don't, I don't get. How, like he was going off. He needed a rotated team so then he could play against Villa with you know with his with his best players, which he did. And at this rate, it's kind of like, I'm kind of glad that we got knocked out of the Europa League because it gives us an opportunity to, you know, play, you know, just once a week. You know, we can play our strongest side and they won't get tired because they have a full week to recover for the next game. We can take it one game at a time. And like, it's, and for me personally, I feel like top four, even if we don't win the Carabao Cup, I'm fine with that because if you if we can get top five, you know, this team, it's still, we're still building boundaries. And I think next season will be a big turning point for us in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got Skip, Seth and Young come back. You know, a lot of Deadwood yeah. will be clear. You know, Sissoko, Winks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the best thing about next transfer window is that we can sell um, Ben Davis and um, Harry Winks or Oliver Skip and have replacements already coming back uh, in Ryan yeah, Sessignon and Oliver Skip. So, That'll free up some funds for us uh, to spend. Home and then depending on who else Mourinho opts to trust, I mean, if we trust Tanganga to nail down a, uh, a starting spot, um, then we can sell one of Aurier or Doherty um, without having to sign a replacement. So it really for just... For me, based on my game solely, I'm already thinking like Aurier and Doherty leave, sign Maddie Cash and, and integrate Tanganga. That's already in my mind now. And you know, you know me with transfers. I, I'm very stubborn with transfers. I'm very stubborn with my transfers. You know, Ariola. Um, I was very stubborn with Sanchez out until I got persuaded otherwise. You know, all like you know, James Ward-Prowse. You know, these just players. I'm very stubborn with my transfers. I think I know who we want. I know who we need, and I'm I'm just dead set. I want to make sure I get my point across of why you need that player. And I'll keep saying it so as long as people disagree. Honestly, it's like. I feel I feel like Maddie Cash. I, I never really saw him before, so I never really knew how good he was. But after mm-hmm. that game, despite what happened with Mora, that's probably one of Mora's <laughs> best games to be clear. Yeah. He, I was <laughs> I was very impressed by Matty Cash today. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. But, well I mean <laughs> we wanna win trophies. I think we wanna go for more of a world class player than Matty Cash. I'm sorry. 
I mean, no, but Matty Cash is statistically the best right back in the league, and he's homegrown. He's better than Max Ahrens. Well, I guess yeah, but Matty Cash does has more more experience than um than uh Max Ahrens. However, something to consider is that Matty Cash. Oh, never mind. I thought Matty Cash was like twenty eight. Uh, Matty Cash is only twenty three, so that would I'm actually fine. be a pretty good option. Um. He's this is his first season in the Prem, and yeah. I mean he has done pretty well. He has uh, he has two assists. Uh, he has a pretty high uh, average match rating, um, which statistics aren't everything. But I thought he had a pretty good game today, and from what I've seen from Villa in the past, I mean he whips crosses in um, quite well. And I'm surprised he actually only has two assists this season. But I heard I think it was Bodie uh, saying earlier that he had some of the best uh, defensive statistics out of all the right backs this season. So. Uh, he's definitely an option to consider. Um, but I honestly think – I think Levy's a stubborn guy, and I don't think he'll admit that he was wrong with the Doherty signing uh, in one year. So I could definitely see Levy trying to keep Doherty uh, for at least one more season uh, to see if his fortunes turn around. Because uh, he did the same thing with uh, Tangi and Dombele, um, and that turned out very well. So we'll see how it goes. But I think – Aurier only has 12 months left no, on his contract this summer, um, so and he doesn't seem like he wants to sign a new one. I wanted to, um, I wanted to mention what what Bodhi said was very interesting um, when he mentioned that maybe it's not a bad thing that we went out of the Europa League, and I totally agree with him. I said the same thing to my dad at halftime of the, of today's tonight's game. Mm-hmm. I know it's an unpopular opinion, but maybe this can really help us focus on the league and. Mm-hmm. Because I do not want to be in the league next season. As I said in the last pod, I think it's an absolute waste of players and energy. Unless you get to the final, not, it's not really worth it. And even if you win it, it's really not that big. Um, wow. So, obviously, a trophy is a trophy for us. But mm-hmm. all these Spurs fans are so desperate for trophies. I understand that I am as well. I mean, I was so happy when I just saw us lift the beautiful Aldi Cup. Yeah, the same fans that I was talking about before were all like, oh, the stadium was a big mistake. We're now in one billion depth and, you know, all that we want is a trophy. Yeah, and I mean... It will be a few painful years. It will be a few painful years where we won't go for the biggest players. But just give it time. And mm-hmm. with that stadium, we will be winning trophies. There's no doubt about it. So yeah. I think if we can get top four this year, we'll... It would be an absolute scandal if we achieve top, top four this season. Well. Yeah, I know, but it would just be amazing. <laughs> yeah. If we did get top four, and then sell some of these players, like if we got rid of, I don't know, Dyer, we won't get rid of Doherty, as you said, probably. But if we sold mm-hmm. Dyer, Hugo, maybe... And Surge. like some of these players, and then um, bought a right back, a centre back, maybe a goalie, and we'll see what happens with Vinicius. But mm-hmm. if we can get a stable, because this season one of our biggest problems is Jose has constantly been rotating the squad. He's never found his true starting eleven, which has mm-hmm. proved to be a big problem. So yeah. if we can get a good starting eleven next season, which who can start consistently, I can see us getting, a, you know, maybe having a really good season next season. You never mm-hmm. know. I think, uh, like you were saying on the Europa League, I think that's been a big part of why we haven't seen a consistent uh, starting eleven. Yeah, is because yeah. of um, 
oh, sorry. Um, it's because of the Europa League. I mean, because we had to play Kane in the midweek. We've had to play Son in the midweek. Uh, and then sometimes we've been rotating our center backs a lot throughout the midweek. And to be honest, I mean, I could see us going for the remainder of the season and just playing uh, that Reguillon, Rodon, Sanchez, Tanganga back four. And then maybe, maybe sometimes um, switching up to having uh, Alderweireld in the back four um, and rotating between uh, Sanchez, Rodon, and Tanganga. Or sorry, Sanchez, Rodon, and um, Alderweireld as center backs. Uh, I'd be okay with that. I think uh, Rodon would be able to learn a lot from Alderweireld. I think uh, Sanchez would be able to learn a lot from all the world. And I think even Tanganga could learn a lot from all the world. And we've seen how solid Reguillon can be <clears throat> at the left back. And so hopefully he's not out for very long, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, Bodhi, go ahead. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. I mean, the, the center backs, it's all young. There's lots of room to grow as a team, especially with all the youth coming in, you know, you got Sexton Young, um, mm-hmm. Skip, you know, all them lot. It's a, mm-hmm. it's definitely a, it's a very positive feeling at the club at the minute, especially after that 2-0 win. A way mm-hmm. to bounce back from the game. Um, yeah. A way to bounce back from a first day, sorry. And, uh, yeah, I forgot what I was going to say before, but I'm, I'm just trying to backtrack now because I have nothing yeah. else to say. Um, something to consider, though, uh, just throwing out a scenario um, for you guys, is oh, we were talking a little bit about this before the pod, but at the beginning of the season, if someone would have told you uh, before the Reguillon, Bale, and Vinicius signings, before we'd even played against Everton, um, if someone had told you after 29 games, Spurs would be three points off the top four and Harry Kane would be top goal scorer and have the most assists, would you be happy? Wait, is Kane top goal scorer now? Yeah. I, I mean, mm-hmm. level with Salah, isn't he? Yeah. So I would, well, I think the bigger thing there is if someone told you at the start of the season that would be ahead of Liverpool, like four points or no, yeah. how? Yeah. If you, Something like that. If, if, if someone told you that, you'd go like, what? Like, yeah. You think we're top of the league. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's been a crazy season. Obviously not the best season by any means. A lot of humiliations. Yeah. But also, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. It all depends on the next few weeks. We're mm-hmm. literally, every game changes stuff because... One week ago, we were all happy after those two. We thought Bale was back. And yeah. and uh, we were, if we won our two games in hand, we'd be on the same points as Chelsea at four. Then a yeah. disgraceful week out of the Europa, lost to Arsenal. Everything's gone downhill. Now a good win, a totally changed team. You know, everything's changing so quickly. So we just need yeah. to give it a bit of time and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you there. It's definitely changing a lot. Sorry, do you want to talk, Kobe? I know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, the team's definitely changing a lot lately. I mean, some negative, some positive. Um, but I'm not. I might. I don't know if I should be saying this because I don't really want. I don't want to cause any uh, trouble by saying this. Oh boy. Um, it is Back a bit controversial. controversial opinions. Yeah, I mean, it's like. <laughs> It's it's something I I don't really fancy getting into an argument over it, so I might keep quiet unless unless um, just, just we, throw it I out can... there and we'll see. Okay, well, we'll I think I think based on this game, it's usually it started as just a thought of you know maybe he's had a few bad performances, but maybe he'll come back. But uh, you know, after that game, it's like it's kind of making me start to think. You know, maybe 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 we should look to sell Son. Oh. You know, it's like here we go again. 
All no, right, all right. it's just we're not, we're not going to no, start an just, argument on this one again. I know, but it's just me thinking. You know, like Juventus. There's been rumors of Juventus for a hundred mil. I mean, think of what we could get with a hundred mil. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just a thought, really. But again, I of, say there's more chance of Kane leaving than Son. I'm just saying. I don't want him to leave. I don't want either mm-hmm. to leave. But I still think Kane would be more sensible than Son, even though Kane leaving would change the tactics, it would change everything. But we'd get more money, and Kane deserves trophies. I mean, Son deserves trophies as well, but Kane is now one of the best, if not the best player right yeah, now. Yeah, but, but we're not Harry Kane. We're, you know, we're fans for a, a football club. and I know, but and, what? But you yeah, can but say the you, same about Son. Son is a club legend. But, but yeah, but he's not, he's, not one of the, he's not one of the world's best. I think... I don't think we should say much more on this before uh, <laughs> before we get into a, a full blown out argument here. But um, I think just looking at it by the facts, we could get a lot from the money from Sun. However, we'd have a big gap to fill. But I mean, today we we played without Sun and we won two 0 So um, it wouldn't be the end of the world if we did lose Sun, uh, and we would have a lot of options. But obviously, we would love to keep him. Um, but something similar would be. Uh, this summer, if Real Madrid activate Reguilón's buyback clause and he does elect to go back to the Spanish capital, we would have quite a sum of money to spend. And um, we would have Sesson Young come back and he would probably be our first choice left back. Okay. And that would probably mean we keep Ben Davis as a, uh, a backup. But what would you guys think about having $45 million to spend? But I you mean, know, do I think? I mean, no, I'm not doubting, right? I'm not down this. Mm-hmm. I think Regulon is it's a fantastic player, but uh-huh. if Regul if if Real Madrid, right, it's a, it'll be a huge loss because of how important he's been. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Sessegnon is ready for first team football, anyways. I think he's better suited as a backup for Regulon. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, it'd just be like if if 45 million for search for Regulon to to return to Madrid. I mean. If Real Madrid came knocking for forty-five million for regular, I would honestly take that. Mm-hmm. I feel. Who would like you invest anything, in as a replacement? I mean, for me personally, I would. I would. I would like to. You no, know, I don't. I don't. I don't really have anyone in mind because it's. Mm-hmm. It's not regular. It's not a player I would want to sell. I'll be selling. Regular's not but, is irreplaceable for that kind of money. Think about it. So. Yes, the club is in a lot of debt because of the stadium and because of Corona. But I'm mm-hmm. sure we can buy like one or two players in the summer, decent ones. So mm-hmm. the thing is, as as Toby said, Skip and Sessegnon are coming back from loan. So in my eyes, this club might actually not need too many transfers to be a top four club next season. Because think about this. We need a centre-back, a right-back, and maybe a goalie, depending on what happens with Luis. And oh, Vinicius as well. But uh, we'll see what happens with Vinicius. But basically, if we can somehow muster up 60, 65 million next summer, that's enough for right back, centre back, and potentially a decent backup striker. And mm-hmm. I mean, Sessegnon's coming back. Skip will be great in the midfield. So think about yeah. it. I mean, I don't think we need to. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're getting two. Um, essentially new signings coming to the team next year. Um, and there's been a lot of reports about how happy um, everyone at Spurs is with uh, Skiff's progress. And before his injury, I'm not entirely sure how much he's been playing recently, but uh, before his injury, uh, Ryan Sessignon was getting 
wide a few minutes and he was playing quite well. Um, and he's just come back and he hasn't played a ton since he's returned, but uh, he has played a bit. And I think, I think he would be a very good backup option to have. Uh, maybe Bodie is right and he's not ready for first team, but it is very, he is an improvement on Ben Davis. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, Bodie, go ahead. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I like I said, I don't think he's a first team. Like he's, a, I don't think he's ready to fill in, you know, that that first team role. Like I think Davies is, he's off for me personally. Davies had had a good game today defensively, but I still think he's he's not. He's pretty dog for me personally. He could play for maybe Burnley, but he's just not. He's nowhere near good enough for Spurs. But you know, because Spurs Spurs fans are talking about winning trophies. I just don't think Davies is is nowhere near that level. And Nathan, I don't think the same for Sassignon. I think Regulon could be potentially, not yet, but I yeah. think he definitely could be. Um, same with Sassignon, but he's definitely no, nowhere near that. He's an improvement on Davies, like he said. But I just, I don't think, I don't, I don't really fancy. Like I wouldn't if if Regulon were to leave, I wouldn't want Sassignon to come in and replace him. That's what I'm saying. I feel like he'd yeah. be a downgrade. Yeah, I think we could definitely uh, do better. Uh, I think just realistically, what would happen is that essentially um but i think there is options out there like uh alex grimaldo from uh, benfica or even someone from the premier league uh, like someone like uh, patrick van anholt uh just i know he's uh, i think he's 29 maybe 30 and even if we had shot him for a season or two and no, let sessignon develop and then brought in uh, dennis serkin who is an academy talent who is highly rated by Mourinho. yeah i agree i'd rather press aaron cresswell than Patrick Van Anhorn. Oh, West Ham wouldn't sell to us. But um, I guess so. But I mean, but again, I don't think Real Madrid will buy back Regulon. I, I and I don't think he wants. As long to as leave, Zidane so doesn't get sacked, I don't think we should really be discussing this much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was yeah, just but, throwing out a hypothetical. Um, but I do. Think uh, there's definitely. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah, I definitely think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of quality coming in already with Sessegnon and Skip. Skip's gonna completely mm-hmm. change the dynamic of our team it com- entirely. Um, mm-hmm. Was um, something I didn't real I didn't know until now is although the formation said four four two, we set up a four two, a four one two one two. Yeah, so we played a diamond, um, and we had Hoybier CDM and Dombley on on the on the left, Lasalso on the right, and we had um, more central attacking midfielder, and then, and we had, and we had a Kane and Vinicius that was in the start of the game, and then once Bergvine came on, it changed to um, a four. It's changed to a four-one-two-one-two diamond wide, so it was left mid and right mid instead. Well, it changed mm-hmm. to a four-four-two. Sorry, um, and that's when we really start to you know get and in, get into our own game and i think i don't mm-hmm. think i think the diamond definitely worked very well for the game at least mm-hmm. it was just it was just a sense of having to get that confidence in the team and you know when you're able to play it the way we were in the final 20 i think that's definitely a confident te- a, a team that plays the diamond formation has to be playing confidently and if mm-hmm. you're playing confidently then playing Playing diamond, it's definitely it's the toughest. It's one of the toughest formations to play. But if you know if you can play it well, then mm-hmm. you are definitely a fantastic team. And we yeah. and that's and that's what we done out and that's what we done out there today. Which is why we played so good. You know, the short passing mm-hmm. was sweet, simple. It was quick, elegant. It was just it was mm-hmm. a mix of everything, and it was extremely prof- professional and impressive football, and a massive, massive, massive improvement of last week. 
especially defensively as well. Some of the some of the clearances I saw from, you know, the whole team it was a complete team effort. Everyone was putting their body on the line. You know, yeah, it was a, it was definitely it was a beautiful moment to watch and, for, you know, for for this season at least. And if we can carry it on, you know, today's a good day to be a Spurs fan. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And you know, mm-hmm. and that's I've what we used to say a lot at the beginning of the season. I yeah, and even I even if like even at even even when we're losing terribly, I still think next season's gonna be a great season. You uh, know, I think I think it will. Next season will be a good season. I think it will be a great season. I I I could I definitely fancy. No, but we've said them. this the last three or four seasons, mate. That's true. Like, I no, mean, but I know, but you, there's so much more going for us this for next season than any other season before. You know, you got Skip on back, who's considered one of the best CDMs in like. He's considered one of the one of the best English CDMs in the in like the English in the in England, and you know you, Sassignon as well coming back. You know he started to look really bright for us when before he went loaning. You know look at what he's doing at um, Hoffenheim. Yeah. And then and then not only is not only that you're gonna see so much Deadwood leaving the club, and you're gonna see, oh and not only that. You're gonna see Lee, because like you know Jose Mourinho, he's not gonna keep any of these bad players. They're all going. Like he'll release them if he has to. Like they're all leaving. Like then they have no hope. Um, mm. and you'll definitely see Levy give him a, a you know like maybe thirty million plus. You need to sell players to make anything else. But you, yeah. I, I don't know. Like it's just I got a feeling. Like I got a feeling like I never have with any other seasons so that just. It's going to be bright for the club in the future, and mm-hmm. you it know, depends on the manager, if you ask me. Yeah, honestly, no, I don't think so. I think Jose Mourinho is, I think Jose Mourinho is our best, is the best manager to do it for us at the minute. I don't think there's anyone that can replace him and do the same job that he can, that he yeah. can do for us. Um, and people say he plays boring football, but today was a prime example. That this was probably one of Spurs' most entertaining games this season. Mm-hmm. And you, and we've done it against a very tough Aston Villa side as well. So it's, mm-hmm. it's just like it's just a sense of it's it's all about confidence, and yeah. it's it's definitely it's definitely very easy. It's definitely very easy to lose your head and you know mm-hmm. bring it down and all the rest of that. But we have a we have a, a talented squad of players that have so much room to grow. It's just I just don't know if they're at the quality that we need yet. For me personally, I do think while Tanganga had a great game, I feel like. I do feel like maybe he could go on loan. Oh no 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 no. Wait, what did you think? No 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 no. Tengeng isn't going on loan. He's he's. I do see what you're saying. I do see what you're saying. I think Tengeng. He does he does he does definitely need to grow. Um, but he's played. I think he should be getting first. He he's our best right back right now. He'll be getting. He's never had a bad performance in a Spurs shirt except for that one West Ham game when we drew three. I know, I know, I know. Look, listen, please hear me out. He he didn't even play in that game. But he's but but he's barely played. I mean, I I I I think I think he's a great player, right? And I just I just feel like it's just he's a great player, but I just don't know. I just don't think Jose Mourinho was going to give him. You know, so much first team playtime when you have Doherty and Aurier. I feel like he because only because Doherty and Aurier have performed horribly, and Tanganga went out today yeah. and he played phenomenally. So if Tanganga isn't starting against Newcastle, I'll be very, very surprised. 
Um, no, me as well. Honestly, me as well. It's just, I just want, I just, I want to see all our youngsters succeed. And, you know, seeing the way that Sesson Young and Skip have, you can't really blame me for wanting Tanganga to go on loan as well. Because I want him, because mm-hmm. if he can do the same as what Skip and Sesson Young have been doing, why wouldn't you want all your youngsters to go on loan? You know what I mean? Yes, yeah, but Skip is one, if you ask me, um, well, I was going to say, um, this might be controversial now, but in my opinion, Tanganga is the kind of player that matures much quicker than Skip or Sessegnon. You know, well, he's also look, a few years older than him. Yeah, yeah, but just think, I mean, Sessegnon looked really, you know, just a bit awkward when he first came into our squad. He, he was under pressure. He was and, you know, Tanganga's the kind of guy, you know, he... He, I just feel like he's one of own and he's just the kind of guy that um, he can handle the pressure and he's handled it really well. That's why he started against Liverpool. Oh, do you want me to tell, tell you why? I'll tell you why. Tanganga was 20, 22 when he broke in the Spurs side. Sesson Young was 19 at 18 when he signed for Spurs. Skiff, when he got loaned out, was 19 years old. He's now 20. Sesson Young's now 19 and Tanganga's 23. Tanganga's 21, so, mate. You talk about maturing, right? But he's actually Tanganga's older Tanganga's 21. But he's 21. He's not 23. I was thinking, like, what? He's 21. And thank, and, so, and if anything, Sessegnon has much more experience. He played in the Championship and in the Premier League for a season. And Tanganga only came for the under-23s. So, I mean... I mean... It, it is worth considering, though, that Tanganga hasn't hit 10 league appearances. Um, like, he, he's definitely a very talented player. I think he's an important player, and I think he should be playing um, probably the rest of the games this season. But I, I like depending on how much game time he gets for the rest of the season, I think will determine what we how we use him next season. And his performances for the rest of the season are going to be really important for him and his career. Um, okay, but my I, bad. I have a whole full faith in him. I don't think he's I don't think he's had a bad performance in a Spurs shirt. I think um the only thing he's done wrong is being a center back who's playing right back. So his attacking isn't fantastic. But I mean today in the game he had more than a few uh, moments where he showed real attacking quality. So uh yeah Bodie. No yeah I mean yeah I was you you're right he is 21 that's my bad but I mean the point the point I'm trying to get across is the reason why you say Tangang is more mature. It's because he is. He's actually older than them, which is exactly why, you know, he he is more he is more mature than them, like you say. So it's just a matter of I think just let get going back to my whole point in the first place. I mean, obviously it may sound controversial, Tanganga on going on loan. You know, who would have thought me Bodhi saying that? But it's like it's just it's just a thought of you know just seeing Skip and Sessignon how well they've been doing on loan. It's just you can't really blame me for thinking that, you know, maybe Tanganga going on loan, you know, you know, you can't really blame me for, for having well, at least a thought about it. Anyhow, I think that is a good point to wrap it up. <laughs> um, but thank you for listening. This has been another episode of the One Hotspur podcast. I am Toby from Underscore Spurs Center, and I was joined by Bodie and Charlie from Hotspur.industry and CB Design, respectively. Uh Subscribe to our YouTube. We just dropped a new video uh, analyzing whether or not Jose should be sacked, and it was recorded before the Aston Villa game. So if we sound pessimistic, that is why. Um, and follow us on Instagram at One Hotspur Pod. Thank you all. We appreciate you. And come on, you Spurs.